When you marry yourself up with someone or even an ideal that there is a standard that you can attain, then you will be able to gain the strength and balance to come along that standard and maintain it with consistency. Win Monday Nation, I could not be more fired up to bring you into our next podcast episode with my main man, Raymond Kemp. And let me just share a bit. I want him to talk about the backstory and the journey. And I think you guys are going to be super fired up about it. Let's just say that he's won a lot of Mondays and beyond. So we will double click on his past. But I'll tell you the high level. My guy has been in the U.S. Navy. We're talking 33 years of active duty, 11 combat deployments. I don't think there's a continent that he has not been on, that he has not served. And he might have made some better decisions faster along the way. So we are going to quadruple click on decision making. But Raymond, for one, welcome to the show. And also, I hear that you've got a pretty cool trip coming up to Manila. Thanks to President Biden and beyond. So one, welcome to the show. And two, talk to us about Manila, my man. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, Better decisions faster. Before I was making better decisions was the last time I was in the Philippines. (laughs) And let me tell you, I think I might have spent a week one night in Manila. But I am making my way back out there, thankfully, as an appointed commissioner to the American Battle Monuments Commission. Thanks to President Joe Biden. I am headed out there for Veterans Day. I think it's really important to spend some time talking to the expatriates that live over the Philippines. We have a really big American community there, and we will take the time to honor those who have served in the armed forces while I'm speaking there at the American Cemetery in Manila. Mm, mm, That's so cool. And, you know, there's no better place to start than expanding and really introducing our Win Monday community to your entire journey. And just like me in the sports industry, yourself, just serving our, our country and, and, and just, first of all, thank you for your service, first and foremost. And you are a leader of leaders and we all have so much to admire and respect you for. Here's a quote that really caught me and I'm pulling this straight from your website and for everybody out there, Kemp Solutions is Raymond's really what I would call his ecosystem of impact, right? We're all on this mission of impact and he's impacting leaders and teams every day. So definitely check him out there. But here's the quote and now I want you to unpack it. I've been responsible for group assignments in a leadership capacity from five to 6,000 sailors, civilians, and families where fatal consequences were the result of failure. So those are high stakes. Those are high consequences. And often the bigger the stakes and consequences is is when people get paralyzed or when the worst decision of them all comes about indecision. So talk Mm -hmm. to us about just kind of the weight that has been on your shoulders and just the journey that you've been on. Sure. If I could just take a a quick moment to walk down memory lane. So I joined the Navy at 17. I had to get, you know, signature permission from my mom, who was just one of the fiercest angels that anyone could ever, Mm. really stoic, brilliant, but fierce is an Mm. understatement. So Mm -hmm. into the Navy I go, fourth day in, they said, does anyone want to volunteer to be a squad leader? And my hand goes up. I I'm play football, uh, ran track in high school. I was accustomed to being, you know, in charge of or being a team leader. So I was like, oh. I'm in. Let's go. (laughs) 
the guy sitting next to me shakes his head and he says, don't you know that Navy stands for never again volunteer yourself? What are you doing? Mm. And I'm thinking, what you, this is what I do. And so sure enough, the leadership began four days into the Navy. And 33 years later, uh, at the point that I transitioned out, I had been responsible for people's behavior, their professional competency, their military activities and ambassadorship in foreign lands. And that to your previous comment, I have been on every inhabited continent, East Coast and West Coast of every inhabited continent. So not always for the fun of it. You know, sometimes there was a combat situations that I was responsible for. However, the visits you know, have been done. Now, when it comes down to responsibilities and the ability to make decisions, particularly from that group of 20 I started with, to groups as small as four responsible for maintenance on electronic equipment or on an aircraft carrier with over 5,000 people assigned to it, intentionally taking that 4.5 acres of U.S. sovereign territory off the coast of some country and exercising the will and the calling of our nation. And then when I finally retired and transitioned out, I was the fleet master chief of Navy Europe, Navy Africa, 60,000 people, again, civilians, as well uh, as military members and their families and the water surrounding continent, the continent of Europe, continent of Africa as well. So a lot going on. What's important to me when it comes to the decision making is ensuring that people are you know, aware of the consequences but also very aware of their role in mm. the actual mission. There's a, a saying that, you know, these young folks today, you, you give them a title, millennials, generation X, whatever. Yep. Case may be. Yep. They're not like, you know, the greatest generation and they're not like blah, blah, blah. And to those folks, I say, you just don't know because I, I fully believe, and I mean, it's t- at, at the deepest parts of me, I have been in extremely tough situations where a sailor or Marine or army, that's the folks I serve with, had either had all the tools, parts, and material that they needed. They had been trained on what they're supposed to do. And the most important thing, they knew their role in the big picture. And the only difference from my perspective between them and me, see, when I joined the Navy, it was the mid eighties and it was Hey, Kim, go do this. Off I go. And go do that. Off I go. The only difference between them and me is if I tell a sailor, hey, I said, if I'm talking to the young version of me in the, in the late 20, middle of the 2020s, hey, Kim, go do this. And here's why. When you start mm. with why to this generation, it's a world of a difference. For me, why was going to catch up with me if it was lucky? Because I'm going to go fast and I'm going to go do my best. <laughs> and I'm out of here. And why would catch up ultimately? Oh, by the way, the reason that we did that is because of you know these things. When you start with why with this particular group, as I was making the way, making my way to the end of my career, it was you would get the same result. And so in a combat situation like the USS Mason being fired on by all of these incoming missiles and their ability to shoot it down. That's because those sailors knew why their job was important in preparation for that mission. So when they got on the mission, they were highly competent within their skill set. The attack came and they survived. Mm, So much to unpack. And I actually think you and I, we're fast movers, man. I think we're going to get through all of this. So (laughs) I'll drive for a few seconds and I'll kick it to you. But here's the deal. You had... Yeah, the the weight on your shoulders, you had the responsibility, but you also had the, what I'm hearing is themes of awareness, ownership, and intention. 
So I know we were talking about better decisions faster. And as you know, from inside the book, I really call those the table stakes of life, awareness, ownership, and intention. You can't make better decisions faster without any of those things. Better yet, you should have the trifecta. But for you, you were in these really kind of pressure cooker situations. And I come from the NFL and NBA where you think about fourth quarter of a Super Bowl and the whole world is watching. So like you could say it's a normal decision, but it might not feel like it. So my question for you is when you were in these high pressure situations where a lot of folks are relying on you, both within your presence and folks that you're serving that are not within eyesight, but they may be back home in the country that you serve. How do you stay clear in those moments? How do you step into those decisions with confidence? So clarity and confidence, if you were to give us a masterclass on those two elements and how those served you in those highly intense moments. Talk to us about clarity and confidence. One thing I didn't mention, Paul, is that as a young person, I found out that my ADHD was actually a superpower. Yeah, and, uh, I get. I okay. Do, okay. I could shift, you know, from thing to thing and keep up with all of the, uh, the preparation. And so mm. when it comes to clarity and confidence, from my perspective, the one who is most prepared and has prepared, you know, intellectually, prepared within their heart, their skill set is prepared at the at a high level. That's the one that's hard to surprise. It's hard to surprise somebody who has spent mm. the time, you know, studying and preparing for a situation. Mm. And when that confidence that comes from that preparation, it pays out, you know, with, with in courage. You know, it, it pays out in the ability to look out over, you know, the entire scene and assess and make movements, you know, as necessary. Yeah. Someone asked me one day, you know, Navy wears these white uniforms. And I was walking around eating a sandwich and eating, looking some ice cream or, you know, whatever the case may be. It was <laughs> and one of the one of the uh, people in New York, and it's a glorious city, a great place to go. One of the one of the highlights of my career is New York Fleet Week. But there was a woman that asked me, how do you keep that uniform so white? And I told her, I was like, well, I just don't worry about it staying white. I mean, I've got something to do and I'm not going to not do it because I'm worried about my uniform staying white. But what that really meant is that I have operated, you know, with something in my hands or doing something that might be considered a little dirty in this white uniform before the first time. When we take someone into a combat zone, when we take someone into a into a situation where it may be a pressure cooker, well, we prepared for that. And when you're prepared mm. for it, you're not so worried about it. To win Monday and beyond, we all know that confidence is the ante to play. And I want to help. So if you haven't already, head over to my website and take your very own confidence quiz, where you'll walk away knowing your confidence score 1 to 100. You'll also get my 12 keys to build and sustain unshakable confidence. Your quiz is waiting at paulepsteinspeaks.com. May Navbar hit confidence quiz. Again, that's paulepsteinspeaks.com and you'll find your very own confidence quiz right there in the main nav bar. With that, let's get back to the show. Yeah, preparation and uh, what do they say? Luck, preparation, opportunity. In this case, it's the preparation, it's the skill. I, I love how you broke that down with clarity. I do want to come back to that, but let me ask you this. Confidence. Personally, I've had two chapters of life, pre-confidence and post-confidence. 
And by pre, I don't mean I wasn't confident. I mean, I was inconsistently confident. So there, there were good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Now right. I'm pretty dialed in, man. Like now when I say the, the subtitle of better decisions faster is unshakable confidence when you need it most, I right. believe confidence is now a superpower. And I give that gift that, you know, my executive coach, my parents, my, there's been, I would not be who I am or as confident as I am without the most important people in my life. And I'll just leave it at that. You know, this is not a Paul thing. This is a we thing, but for you, maybe you've engaged with people that don't have the same confidence. Maybe they're lacking it in this moment, in this day, whatever it is. How do you help people build that confidence when maybe they're not feeling so confident right now? Sure. I, I think, and I like the way you said that when it comes down to having, you know, pre-confidence and now, you know, being dialed into it. And then something else you said that I really, I, I'll just apply right here is that a way to build, grow, and sustain confidence is realize, especially when you're in the work environment or perhaps even in a family environment, definitely on teams, is that it's it's we, not me. When you realize that you don't have to take on the burden mm. of every decision. You don't have to take on the burden of every challenge, every question, every situation that comes up. We are responsible for making that happen. Then that's a way to attach your questionable self-esteem or confidence to someone who's really confident. Mm -hmm. And then what I have found happens, Paul, is that when you marry yourself up with someone or even an ideal that there is a standard that you can attain, then you will be able to gain the strength and balance to come along that standard and maintain it with consistency. Some folks are are brought up in households where they have a really tight standard, big brothers, big sisters, or cousins, whatever the case may be, aunties, uncles, and them. You're able to walk alongside them early and you build and grow that confidence at an early stage. Then some of us have to go through some measure of trials and tribulations to understand what it truly means. And there's a saying, and I despise, I can't even believe I'm about to say it, but there's a saying, fake it until you make it. What I think that really, what that reminds me of practical application as being in this combat situation with the Marines and a real small group, and we're getting ready to do something super duper hard. And (laughs) the gunnery sergeant looks over his shoulder at me and he says, Kemp, keep your finger in my belt loop and keep up. (laughs) So I wasn't really, you know, keeping up because I was keeping up on his experience and on his training at his pace. But then after a few missions, I was able to walk alongside him because I, I was able to learn the way as I followed him. So Fake it till you make it, mm, not so much, but marry yourself up with somebody who's absolutely doing it, then you can too. Ah, I love that so much. And here's what's really cool, right? Because I think a lot of times self-confidence, it, it can waver and, and sometimes even the most confident people, but making it we over me. And here's the beauty, because I want to make this accessible, right? Like if this was a show for only the top 1%, it's like, no, this is a by the people for the people type of a mission and mantra. And so when I'm speaking to our Win Monday community here, Maybe you're not, maybe the way the Raymond just said, attach yourself to somebody that is super confident, where maybe some of that energy, you can magnetically kind of bring them into your world. But even in a worst case scenario, maybe you don't have that person in the moment, or maybe they're not physically with you in the moment that you might need them. So you can kind of make this more of a, I've heard many different forms of this where a mentor doesn't need to be somebody you know. There are authors where their book might have changed your life and you may never meet them. You may never talk to them. You may never connect with them. Some of them may no longer even be alive, but yet they change your life. They transform your life. 
you're more confident because of their words and their wisdom and their insights and their learning. So I just want to put that out there that ideally you have this person in physical touch or under your same roof or within your team, but that's not always the case. And so just want to put it out there that if you're not feeling like you have direct touch, then we can still go find it. It just, just may be a dotted line instead of a firm line, right? So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Great point. That, you know, Martin Luther King was that for me. I, mm. I know him over now because he was uh, he was murdered the year I was born, but but I knew folks who did. But then I read something that he, he had said, uh, and that was that you can't get up a dark stairwell without taking the first step. And I thought, hmm. Why be? And for me, it just kind of speaks to courage and confidence. Okay, I just need to take a step and see what happens, and then take another step and see what happens. And next thing you know, I'm at the top. Well, you know what else that is? I mean, come on, man, we're jamming on decision making. You know what the worst decision of them all is, right? Indecision. Indecision, baby. Indecision (laughs) is you never take that first step. Right. That's it. That's it. So, hey, talk to us about. You've had so many, I mean, the accolades, the awards, and, and everybody, again, we'll we'll hook you up with all of Raymond's details and you can find him, follow him, plug into the work that he's doing and maybe even bring him in. Like that would just be super amazing. Right. But here, but here's the deal. Like, you know, we often hear about the trophies, but then we all know that there are those moments where we weren't prepared for. So that's where I want to go next. Was there, is there a story you could share with us about a time that maybe you weren't prepared? Maybe there was no playbook. Maybe you had nobody you could lean on or learn from. And it was just freaking hard, man. Like walk us through one of those scenarios, not only the backstory and the context setting, but also kind of what you did to rise and, and hopefully persevere through it. Right. Yeah. That's a tricky one because there have been a number of situations that my brain just didn't have the calculus to prepare for. Mm. And one that I try to get to the decl- the unclassified versions, right? So one- <laughs> Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> one situation that we uh, came into, here we go. As we were, I was on a ship that was in what we call the IRTC, the Internationally Recognized Transit Corridor. So if you and your listeners think back to the time when you were hearing a lot about Somali pirates going right there in that hook where the Horn of Africa is. Uh, there's a movie called uh, Captain Phillips, I think, with a um, real popular actor that has uh, that tells a story about a, a ship, the Merced, Alabama, getting taken by pirates. We were transiting this corridor, uh, the ship that I was on, Guide Missile Destroyer, and we see a ship or we see a boat that's out there. And just between the boat, just a quick learning moment, just between a boat and a ship, a boat leans into the turn when it makes the turn. A ship leans out when it makes the turn mm, okay. size doesn't matter if it moves like that that's the difference but we see a boat out there and we've got a special team on the ship that does boardings and things like that and as we're looking out there the captain is talking to you know a couple three letter agencies that's out there with us, and he says he turns to me and he says so uh cmc i'm, I'm the command master chief and the nickname is cmc term of endearment. So he looks at me and he says, CMC, what do you think we should do? And I'm like, well, we got all these other people out here trying to make that decision. I said, well, I think we should go, you know, do a visit to the ship just to make sure everything is okay. And when we boarded that ship, there were a number of hostages being held by a number of pirates. And it was an extremely hostile possibility. I mean, we were at a point where it was like a powder keg and, you know, everybody's, you know, got a match. And when we entered into that situation, 
it was really an, an unknown, you know, math problem. And for me, the most important thing to do was to maintain a measure of peace and a measure of calm. Mm. Mm. And then to trust the program and trust the process. And so we have a, a means and mechanisms that we use to discover, you know, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, and then the action that we take afterwards. But because it was such a big unknown, the most important thing for myself and the folks we were talking to on the mothership was just to remain calm and then move into the situation. Because at some point there may be a gap in what you know and what you expected. And in that gap, maintaining peace is crucial. And then when you get to the point to where you have processes, procedures, and things in place, then you just take those things up and keep it pushing. Mm, okay. Love this. Earlier, you talked about, I'll, I'll never forget this. It's hard to surprise somebody when, and, and you shared an example. And the way I interpret it in my own language, and you know this from reading Better Decisions Faster, I think of it as clarity of head, heart, and hands. Like when you're clear, it's really hard to surprise me. And in this case, you said peace right. and calm. So maybe let's let's go, whether it's this exact scenario with you, or maybe if we zoom out and we're just talking our whole Win Monday Nation here. Sure. All right, so we're seeking peace, we're seeking calm, we're seeking clarity. Do you think if head is how we think and heart is how we feel, hands is whether we take action, do they all matter equally in these in these situations? Do you index more on one versus another? Is it about alignment? Like, talk to us about this this relationship between head, heart, and hands, especially in these types of situations, like you just described. Right. Well, it, it depends. So, in in the, the situation I was just describing, you're talking about a combat environment, and so I have to be intellectually connected. Yeah. Uh, not yep. moved by emotion. Yeah, if I look at you as, oh, look at this gentle person, blah, 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 but you've got an <laughs> ID wrapped around you, and I've got to do what i got to do. But, mm. but in a regular, you know, yeah. okay. day living to the Monday Nation. So I would say that it is the heart is, is if I had to prioritize them, it'd, it'd yep. be, you know, one, two, you know, three, right? So my heart is number one, my head, number two, hands number three. And so the way, because so what I talk about, Paul, when I talk to leaders is having what I call the ABCs of leadership, right? Belief and character. And so- Hit us with those again, Raymond. Attitude, belief, and character. Love it. And those align. So when I started reading the book, I'm like, oh my God, we're from the same, we are definitely, (laughs) you know, the same ilk, right? We've got the, because the hit our hands matches up very, very nicely with that. But it is about, when I know that I'm going to feel okay with the actions that I take, regardless of what anybody else thinks per se, when I know that personally I'll be able to lean back and be confident that my belief system is aligned with the decision that we made, then that's super important. And then, of course, intellectually, it's got to match up with you know various different things. But I would say in the head, heart, hands model, heart is the first thing that's most important to me. And then you know, head and hands. I would literally put those in the exact same order. And so you're you're clearly a heart guy, as am I. And I know there's a lot of kind of logically driven folks who are like, oh my gosh, like, no, dude, it's all about the head. But here's, all right, let's have a heart conversation for a little bit because right. I even tell folks, especially in a leadership community, I say, lead from your heart because it's become a forgotten art. Yeah. And I say that because I think in a world where if it's think, feel, do, head, heart, hands, I think we think, 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 and we do, do, do. We go, go, go. The world is faster. It's more complex. Oh my gosh, it's disruption. It's like, 
okay, take a breath. Right. How are you feeling? You actually asked me that in, in, in slightly different words, but paraphrasing before we actually went on and I, I said, hey, welcome to the Win Monday podcast. You basically asked like, how am I feeling? Like where right. I took that as like, you're checking in on my heart. Cause you know That's how crazy right. my world has been lately and we know each other and we met, we're both a part of the, the Y nation. So, you know, yeah. with the Y Institute and we met recently um, there, even though we've known each other for years, at least through the Y, but right. where I'm going with this is, you know, for the folks that maybe if heart is your authenticity and you can attach a different word to heart and I'm totally happy to follow your lead here, but if folks are having trouble connecting to their heart. Like if folks have drifted and maybe they don't feel like they've had a very heart forward life or a, a heart forward, not a whole life, but like the recent chapter of life, like they're not feeling a lot of heart, a lot of authenticity. Like they, they've just had this drift. Like how can we help them reconnect with their heart? Sure. Great. I think in the Navy, we have what we call a magnetic North, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. I find, find yourself kind of drifting away and the way to reset yeah and get back to that magnetic north attaching to that heart i'd say it's just, first of all remember yeah, a phrase that's become pretty popular lately and that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care uh, and that's mm. leadership you know with heart well we've got to be self-empathetic as well and so to patiently you know have like a selah moment just pause and calmly think about Okay, what is the disconnect between my head and my heart? And how do I get back to what truly moves me when it comes down to having a level of care, whether it be for others or for self? And how can I re recalibrate my magnetic north? And what I would say is the first and foremost is to self-assess uh, mm -hmm. and find out where that disconnect is, what that barrier is that's keeping you or keeping us from operating with a level of care, sincere care for others, and an, an altruistic eye. And so uh, a lot of words right there, but yeah, uh, self-assess first and foremost, and then, you know, stand in the confidence to realize that your authentic self is the most important self, because that's the one you can continue to bring to every situation. Love it. You and I share a space where we are developing the leaders of today and tomorrow. And so in this spirit of where I was going with this of heart and maybe disconnecting or drifting, I like that word drift, you know, I think we bypass it sometimes. And I, and again, we're all human. I, I, I still do it. And even sometimes you write the book that you most need, you know, like my, my version of Hedward Ann's equation is like, Hey, Paul, follow this thing, dude, you're going to have a better quality life if you do it. So like, it's kind of that. And I know and but we'll share a little bit about your book and, and there's some exciting updates to share there as well. But here's where I want to connect with our audience is we love on the Win Monday podcast to get tactical. We love the how. As much as we believe in the why, it doesn't matter if we don't know how to do it, right? So right. for you, when you're engaging, whether it's a leadership audience or a team environment, well, you could go either route, totally cool. Sure. How do we connect with our heart? You said self-assess. That sounds great still sure. conceptual, like, is there an activity, is there an exercise or something tactical that you can share with us if we want to reconnect with our heart or lead from our heart? Is there something that you share with teams? Well, when it comes down to just the internalizing, right? And you're right. It just pause, think about it, you know, get into your space. Sure. Generic, but specific. And yeah, so sure. Sure. For, for someone to well, I'm, I'm talking to a group up in Frisco, Texas here coming up next week and my conversation with them because they're all go-getters. My conversation with them is going to be when you look at your list of decisions, 
and the impact that you're having on people. If you take away the emotion of the reason, if you take away, you know, if, in, in my language, I say, if you take away the mission, right? If you take away, if you take away, you know, the money making opportunities and that, if you take that away, is it the right engagement that you're having with the person? And a way that we write that down is we'll go through, you know, seven layers of why. And so here's the decision that you've made. Okay. But why? And then why? And we go down seven layers and mm. we get down into that seventh layer. We really find the root of the reason for that decision making. And then that's that's probably my favorite drill to do. And it's so hard. It's just absolutely not easy. And hopefully one of the listeners, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll give that a go. It's not an easy task. Yeah. And, and, and perhaps for some people, they may not even be able to do it in one sitting. Can you walk us through one? Actually, Raymond, like, well, A, maybe you have an example that you could share from your history where you kind of done that assessment on your own or sure. B, I don't mind if you put me on the hot seat. I don't care. But if you have a great example that you could share with us, because I, I love this and I've heard something similar, but obviously now would love to connect it to a real world example. Sure. And and I'll, I'll, I'll share a short one. Maybe we can both, you know. Yeah, I'll, sure. Well, we could dance with it. Yeah. So I transitioned out of the Navy and I, my, just, my first decision was, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I've been leading, I've been fighting, I've been, I'm a maker of men, you know, so on and so forth. I should go into, you know, whatever organization into, whether it be HR or into some talent development group. And that's what I'm going to do. And then, well, why do I want to do that? Well, I just got through doing that. I'm highly skilled at it. Okay. But why? Well, I'm comfortable and confident, you know, so on and so forth. I forgot all this training. Mm, okay. But why? Well, the money's going to be way better on the outside than it is in the, in the military. We need that. Mm, okay. But why? Oh, I want to travel and see the world in a more relaxed situation. Okay. But, 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 but why? Well, <laughs> and by the time I got to the end, Paul, the real reason I was seeking to have this, you know, highfalutin job is so that I could make up for the time that I had spent away from my children and spend it with my grandchildren. Mm. And I thought, yeah, that's much more of a, mm. a heartfelt reason to get after it and, and give priority to it. And the good thing, and one thing that it revealed to me, and I just caution anyone who does it, is that it may make it made me take my mind off of what I thought was my goal and recalibrate. And so I went from I'm going to go to this organization, do this thing to I'm going to start my own business so I can do it on my way in my terms, so I can be closer to what I was what ended up being number seven, I can raise that up to a higher number on my list. This is so good, man. And, and I'll tell you, I don't know if it was seven levels deep or five, I forget, but when I've gone through a similar type of exercise through my professional journey, and, you know, usually you start off with some external thing that you want. And especially when I'm in a sexy space like sports and then, okay, but why is that important? And why do you love the industry? And why are you still in it? And why are you climbing this ladder? And why, why, why? And after we went through however many levels it was, right? it's so interesting. My story is not that different from yours. I lost my dad and he's my hero at 19. And my whole mission in life is to make him proud. I, I, I like his legacy has become my purpose. And that's how I, I really, he's, he's why I get out of bed. And, you know, like I, obviously, and I, I have more present reasons, but they all come back to family. And so like, if I drill back down enough and I'm like, what would make them super proud? And right. then I go back to my character and I go back to my values and the way that I was raised. And I've been very imperfect because I'm human, but I ask myself in an altruistic sense, like, 
who am I on my best day? And that's when I drilled in on not only my why, but my core values. And I'm like, okay, where do he and I align? All right. Well, he was a continuation school teacher and he left people better than he found them. Kids that have been given up on and a former student of his says, your dad gave me a reason to think that tomorrow is worth it. And when I heard that, I was like, that's it. Like that's leadership and that's impact. And that's what my dad did. And he chose a classroom, but I chose a boardroom and now I choose a stage. But the impact is all the same. Right. And so when my why became like really me focusing on my hero and my dad and my, in my case, my late, late father, like, man, life just got so much clearer to me. Yeah. You know, and I started focusing on the right thing. So I, I fully subscribe to this drilling in on the why. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it always lands on family. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm just saying we just gave two examples, but I just think when you find something or someone that many layers deep, yes, you get clear. And also I would agree with you, brother. It also does ignite some pivots potentially. Because you're like, man, I thought it was after that top thing, but really it's the bottom thing. That's what's going to keep me going and resilient. So anyways, I don't know if you have any reaction to that, but that's kind of my experiences from my own why journey. Absolutely. It it definitely changed my fuel intake. You know, when when I realized Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's what it's really about for me. Yeah. If if I just strip all the rest away, then it definitely, definitely gave me the, the courage to start my own business and kind of drive out and see what happens, and which is where I am right now. Love the spirit of Win Monday? Then join the Win Monday community, an elite tribe of like-minded and like-hearted people just like you and I on a mission to get 1% better every day with unshakable confidence. For Win Monday gear, motivation, and exclusive content just for you, you can find it all at paulepsteinspeaks.com. In the main nav bar, click on community. paulepsteinspeaks.com, main nav bar, hit community. With that, welcome in and let's get back to the show. I love it. I love it. So before we unpack the final question, it's going to be a broader one, but I think it's going to be something that really distills down kind of your whole decades of, of, of experience and, and the inspiration you could provide us in the home stretch. Before we get to that, where can our Win Monday Nation find you, follow you? Also, please share with us your exciting update. We've got some big updates coming. So hit us with everything, bro. Yeah. So the for social media, it's pretty simple. I'm Raymond D. Kemp on, on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn. And the exciting new, oh, my webpage uh, is kemp-solutions.com. So please feel free to come there and connect with me. Yeah, we're, we're definitely building that out and lots of exciting news that will be landing on the platform as well. Uh, but the big news is that I wrote a Kindle book, released it, and it was exciting. The title is Building Resilience for Hybrid Success. The subtitle is Anchored in adaptability because in this environment is is crucial you know that we're agile mobile and hostile when necessary right so the book will be coming out in paperback towards the end uh, of october so what an exciting exciting time for me Uh, when i think back my mother passed away in 1992 and so when i similar to you when i think about what would make her proud then of all of the accolades all the awards whatever this this writing this book is the one thing that I think would just give her pause to stand up and come put her hand on my shoulder and let me know that I was doing the right thing. So thank you for allowing me to share that. 
Oh, thank you. And I'm looking at my notes here early in the convo. You talked about your mom and you said the word fierce and, and that hit me to my core. Cause I don't know if I would say my mom, I, that would not have been the first word, but I'm not too far off. Cause she, she's a strong, strong Mexican woman, man. Like she, she gets in there. But like I, my thing is, especially after losing my hero and my dad and I'm an only child and she went from a parent to a partner courage, you know, the Latin definition of inspire is to breathe life into she, mm. the way she showed up in the aftermath and in that, those first days that I saw how she showed up, she breathed courage into me and it's never left. Yeah. Never, you know? So like, I think for you talking about fears and me courage and for everyone listening in, like, you know, pain can be tied to purpose, but you first have to heal, you right. know, it's pain into healing into purpose. So home stretch for you standards. I've been talking lately about standards over goals and standards. And so when you think of the standards that you have learned through your journey, things that could inspire more wins on Monday and beyond. So here we are talking to our people, whether there's a single standard or multiple, I want you to close us out with what standards do you hold near and dear that can help our community win in the things that matter most? Sure. Yes. So the, in the Navy, we have three core values, honor, courage, and commitment. And I know courage is really yours. And that in those three, what I learned is that, let's talk about three things, I guess. First and foremost, it's results, not excuses. You know, that's mm. the, the standard is results and not excuses. I'm not looking for handouts, I'm not looking for any extra, me doing my part. And the way that I do that and the way that I would encourage for others to create that standard for themselves. There's 10 two-letter words, 10 two-letter words that will make folks better leaders, that make them better parents, better brothers, sisters, friends, aunties, uncles, cousins. Those 10 two-letter words are, if it is to be, it is up to me. I'm not asking or looking for anything. I'm going to do my part. I'm, I'm going to be bound to that, to my own obligation. If it is to be, it is up to me. Every situation, each decision that I make, I realize that I'm going to do my part. And as we discussed earlier, that decision has got to be checked clear with my heart, filtered through my head, and then my hands uh, is where the action is going to take place. And so I think those two things, I'll just state right there, that that is the standard setter that I would encourage everyone to, to lean into, results, not excuses. And again, those 10 words, if it is to be, it is up to me. <laughs> That's so good. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm rarely speechless, man. I, I, I wrote that down and dude, that's, um, that's a game changer. Thank you for landing the plane. And, or I guess I, I probably should make some sort of a boat or a ship analogy. At this point. No. <laughs> I mean, this I'm a carrier guy. The plane works. We're getting us safely back to land here, man. This was just such a cool and, and inspiring combo. And I have a special feeling in my heart that we are going to be doing a lot more together. I have a strong feeling that this will not be the last time that Win Monday and Raymond Kemp meet at the 50 and really just lock arms on this beautiful mission that we call life. So from the bottom of our hearts, Raymond, thank you for being on the Win Monday podcast. My pleasure. My pleasure, Paul. Another fire episode of the Win Monday podcast is in the books. If you gain value from today's conversation, don't forget to subscribe and share it as we grow our Win Monday Nation together. 
Until the next time, let the rest of the world fantasize about Friday. You and I, we choose to win Monday. Monday.